Excuse me, everybody at the Tech 2019. This is the PBE podcast speaking, and we are inside the Icon Science booth, and we are about to speak to the world-renowned geomechanics. Say it again, Skips. Geomechanics. World-renowned geomechanics wizard. <laughs> Learn from the best. Learn from the best. We're going to talk to him about it just generally. We're going to talk yeah. about the issues that we have in the unconventional play, the issues that have created the Earth Tech 2019 that we continuously every year publish 2,000 plus papers because we're all trying to understand what's going on in these unconventional plays. So here we are. We're in 2019 and we're going to try to address these things and we're going to talk to Sir Mr. Stephen Wilson. That's correct. Okay, Stephen Wilson, welcome to the PBE podcast. Stay up on the mic. Don't be afraid to scream because we're really excited to talk to you about you. Okay, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> Okay, so the conception part of the play. How did Stephen Wilson, the world-renowned geomechanics, how did you get well, it? Well, you said it, but you agreed. You agreed. You agreed. You agreed. How did it happen? How did you get to this point? How are you in Apache right now? And how are you running these, these organizations? And, and what's the, yeah, let's talk about yeah, it. Take us through there? the story. Take us through the story. Okay, well, a long time ago, I was a civil engineer. Okay. So uh, I did a, an undergraduate uh, degree at a place called Swansea, where, um, where, um, um, Rockfield Software originated from, so they, they're here okay. at, at this session too. And uh, then I went to Manchester and did a PhD, Whoa. and uh, and became a football fan and a, a soccer fan, I should oh. say. Oh. And, uh, and and then are you a Swansea? Swansea? I also support Swansea City. I I suppose, but. But I suppose. I my, suppose. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But Man U or Man City? Well, Manchester United is probably. Yeah. They, yeah, anyway. They, they, oh yeah. Okay. That's we 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 digress a bit because <laughs> uh, because I played rugby all the way through school. Oh, so okay. but anyway. But anyway, so um, I became a civil engineer, uh, looking at uh, soil mechanics, which was my uh, which was my background. At the time that you were learning that stuff, was it primarily funded from the oil and gas industry saying? Um, that we need to do this? Or was it like a concrete company saying, hey, how does the fracturing of no, something solve? Okay, so, um, well, my research was funded by the uh, government, so oh. it's slightly different yeah. to the... Uh, just um, to in the U.S. Well, okay, and I was looking at, uh, at soil mechanics models about how rocks deform, how soils deform oh, and, cool. uh, and, uh, and uh, compress. And so for a few years I worked as a civil engineer working for uh, a company called Fugro. Oh, um, right, yeah. Who are sort of a... Yeah. Fugro Jason, yeah. Yeah, who are a big uh, um, sort of offshore site investigation company. So I spent, you know, several weeks bobbing around on a boat in the uh, North Whoa, Sea yeah. taking, taking soil samples. And in then, the North Sea, that's cool. In the North Sea. And then after a while, I, I went to BP, BP Research in uh, in uh, Sunbury, and uh, my, I, I started off looking at um, steam injection into tar sands. Steam injecting into tar sands, so, I love the idea. So all the huff and puff stuff that's going on in Canada yeah. at the moment, we were looking at that for a Wolf Lake back in uh, 1988. Okay. And then sort of, all sands fell out of favor and I started then looking at um, 
weak sands because going from soils to weak rocks isn't much of a hmm. isn't 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 hmm. much of a uh, a sort of jump. Yeah. And so for for most of my early career, I was involved with uh, completions design and sand production prediction. Oh, really. Um, and I worked for BP for about four or five years, and then I left them and worked for uh, TerraTech in Salt Lake City. TerraTech, oh, right. who are now a Slumberjay company. Right, right. And so you uh, were breaking cores at and that so point. And so we were, yeah, um, doing hydraulic fracturing test tests. So I knew a lot about rock mechanics and laboratory testing. I went back to BP in the uh, UK. Okay. And I worked there for five years, doing mostly wellbore stability and uh, well and stability. completions design. So, so what were the completions designs like in when the, you started? Yeah, at, yeah. at BP Fugro, yeah. and then how have they evolved to today? Yeah. And well, the big difference then compared to now is that, and, and particularly as we're sitting here at Ertech, yes. yeah. the, the you know the big you know I was at least around in the sort of the old days if you like, where we drilled through shale and you found a nice sandstone reservoir and so you were concerned about sandstone fracturing. Mm -hmm. You know, now of course, you know, the, the sort of reservoir is almost indistinguishable from the overburden. Exactly. Uh, uh, on one particular scale. Wow. And so sure. that is one very big change that, uh, you know, that we've gone from for, um, at, um, at least as far as Urtex concerned, perhaps you know we've gone from from sort of frack packs in Gulf of Mexico weak sediments, which is where I started doing a lot of hydraulic fracturing work, and then you'd be looking at the tight cotton cotton valley um, sort of uh, um, sandstones, and now mm. it, it's sort of evolved to these sort of massive fracks yeah. in uh, in sort of high angle wells, and so you know we would. Even back in the late 90s, we were drilling horizontal wells in sandstone reservoirs, but you'd be running screens or some form of sand control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, now now we've got horizontal wells and massive hydraulic fractures, and this sort of you know we're talking about massive, massive, massive is getting more massive every more massive. year. Yeah, we need it's another so, word. Yeah. We need another and word it went for from, it. It went yeah. from a mile to yeah. a mile and a half yeah. and now these super lateral well, their new record was 3.2 3.2 yeah. mile lateral yeah. in the midland basin that? in the midland basin, basin yeah. yeah what Just, it's sort of a um, outstanding yeah the fact I mean, that they're pumping yeah from the surface and fluid from the surface yeah down, down the lateral, <laughs> yeah. 10,000 feet Cases and then three and a half boom. miles out yeah into a perf yeah like this yeah, like and okay. nothing's changed. It's not density stratifying itself by any means, or is it? Right? It's density stratifying itself for sure when you start from the surface, get down in temperature and pressure. In the casing, you kind of have control of that. But then it's blowing out three, three and a half, three point two miles from the heel out to the toe, and you're trying to initiate a frack out there. There has to be some major assumptions of what's changing in all those pills and everything we drop down these things. That all has to be reacting and right. Or, or is that something that can be calculated out? Well, certainly the flow in the wellbore is very well understood. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think there's too much um, we don't so, understand about so that. So you have a section of whatever you want to call the first stage that hits the frack, and then you have a smaller section of like a clay reducer, and then you have slick water again with some other propent. When that whole, that whole thing goes down the lateral, into the curve, out to 3.2 miles away, 
it is understood that that kind of stays together. It doesn't mix up and get all wild. Well, it probably does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But, but, but at least in terms of the sort of gross, you know, the pad, the propping yeah. stages, that we understand how yeah. these things are placed. Yeah. Because you can see it in the pressure chart. As soon as the, uh, you know, as soon as the propping hits the uh, hits the perfs, you get Boom, the, you, you, you get it. an increase in yeah. pressure, so, awesome. uh, and that comes yeah. in. You know, roughly on a time, right. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. That was that's a great really question, cool. man. Yeah. Great question. Um, there's so much I want to talk about with you because you, you understand how to put a crack in rocks, and that is where we are in this industry. We are trying to figure this out more so than ever on, on really the, it sounds like the, the, the industry is going, and this is from a presentation I watched the Southwest section in, in Fort Worth from. Uh, who was the geophysicist at, uh, at Pioneer? Oh my gosh, my buddies are gonna kill me over this. But anyway, it was a geophysicist, longtime geophysicist at engineer, engineer or uh, at Pioneer. And his presentation was really about, it's, we have to be able to increase our ability to create as much new crystal face of our rock and our reservoir as possible near wellbore, what near sweet spot right is the ideal way to say that we it's hard to define that but it's all about the complexity and breaking up the rock in as much as possible in, in, in much right is that accurate to say um i would say yes and no okay and uh, and the reason i would say no is because um when we first started moving into the unconventional realm yep. in places in places like the barnett shale where the two horizontal stresses are quite close together. Okay, so not much anisotropy. Or places like the Marcellus, where you certainly have two orthogonal joint 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 okay. sets. Okay. When they light up, you see you see complexity. Um, so this idea of shattering, like effect, it even came up in um, one. Of the, it was mentioned in the uh, in one of the plenary sessions uh, in the kickoff um, this morning by somebody from um, WPX Energy when they oh, were talking about shattering this sort of like a car windscreen yeah, shattering. That's yeah. that ideally. kind of model is exceptionally idealized, right? And. Yeah. Other Some than layer cake. other than yeah, occurring yeah, in one or two sort of exceptional areas where you have very low stress anisotropy, I don't believe we're seeing the amount of complexity that people exist. So certainly within the Midland Basin, a lot of the fractures we see and have monitored are all very planar and very little com and very little complexity yeah. is is being it being built into these fractures. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Interesting. So that's kind of. Let's drill down into, uh, what do you want to drill down to on the completion side, geomechanics? Let's drill down into what... The, well, the, I, I want to know, in particular, you're talking about fracturing these sands and how to bust up these sands when yeah. we're going laterally. Now we're moving more into the shales. Totally different type of, like... A true, yeah, true shale. unconventional shale. How these rocks are breaking, the wow. brittleness index, and wow. talking about that transition. Because in your career, you're so focused on the softer stuff, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, right. now it's these. And now I'm worried about the sort of. Oh the, man! The sort of we all the, are. We're all so worried. Terrified. And I think the whole industry has gone through a a oh, yeah. a, 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 a big shift. Yeah. You know that I can think of several people who have sort of reinvented themselves several times over. Yeah. As they've gone from a, a progression from understanding sort of. 
um, sandstone reservoir fracturing, the Cotton Valley stuff. Yeah, sure. you know, and and now they became experts in in sort of fracturing um, um, shale rocks. And so, you know, you you can still teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know I was thinking well, that in the back of my head? How did you because know? Because I'm an old dog and, I, and I'd like to think I have one or two new uh, new tricks. Uh, I, up I my bet sleeve, you do. At least. I bet you do. You know what's interesting, and this is maybe a little off topic, but I'm going to go to a comment that you said, which was <clears throat> the industry's just changed. We've evolved so much from our beginning of understanding of how to put fracks away to today. Would you agree with that just kind of generalized mm -hmm. yeah, paraphrase uh, I had? Yeah. So when I think about, and this is again off topic, but when I think about how long geoscientists have really been studying the earth, right, and our concepts just generally through time, when it comes to just physics, we're talking Isaac Newton days to today. I would argue that nothing evolves that fast with humankind. It might look like it does when you're in the jungle, right? And you're fighting and you're, you got somebody coming for you, right? You feel like that's major evolution happening and there's a new kingdom in a hundred years and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But in the overall scheme of things, what really, you know, not much has changed. We have baseball caps and suits on, right? The, the idea of that. But in our time span of completions and putting engineers away, it feels like we've evolved so much and there's so many new ideas and so much advancement. But let's take a step back, I would argue, and let's just think about it as basic of an evolution as possible and, and really how much has evolved. What are we talking? We're going slick water, 100 mesh on everything kind of idea. What did it... Right. When we think about it, I don't know. I just I thought well, I'd bring that up. Well, some of these things. Um, so some of these things are very perennial. Yeah. You know, because you would say that there's a huge science around wellbore stability, and yeah. you know the fundamental equations came from Kirsch in yeah. in sort of 1898 yeah. because he was a German engineer trying to design gun barrels for the German Navy, <laughs> which is where those cool equations were, were okay. sort of um, formulated Makes total from. Sense. And so, even to move towards the the unconventional realm, you know, there's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of interest around parallasticity and stress shadow mm -hmm. effects and things like this. Yeah. And, the, and the original papers and formulations originally came from Snedden and and Elliot or Snedden, which were published in 1946 and wow, and, 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 and 1948. Wow. You know, and, and so so for some things, you'd say things have evolved very slowly yeah and then in other areas things have been evo are evolving incredibly quickly because and and where I would make that um, a distinction I would say would be between um, um, you know software has improved yeah okay you know the speed of software the slickness right. of um, software but I think the big game changer with the uh, with the unconventional world um, and that's possibly where Icon has, you know, a sort of a foothold uh, and a sort of a, a leading position has really been at this whole issue around rock physics and integration yeah. and things like yeah. rock physics is not separate from geomechanics, which is not which is not separate from seismic interpretation anymore. Mm -hmm. To get in order to get so having know, a platform more or less where you're able to take all of that data. Maybe in the past we were just making these very basic rock physics cross plots, right? right? BPVS, 
row B density. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yep. so you have these very basic cross plots. Now we have the ability to take those cross plots, apply them to our seismic data, right? We're right. able to run a full field inversion and take those right. geomechanical properties, and now we can start making those predictions. Is that? Well, well also, the boundaries have all been completely blurred yeah. because there was a time when, say, just a petrophysicist might be interested in, in, in these cross plots, or you might have a, a seismic rock properties person who would be concerned around, you know, how sort of, uh, you know, Muro and, uh, and, yeah. uh, and VSVP ratios you know that's part of my world now yeah. whereas say maybe five or eight years ago that was not something that I would be concerned about mm -hmm. so I think wow. everybody in the unconventional realm has had to retool themselves right. you know, retrain themselves yeah. and I think that the um, you know the, the sort of delineation between what's a geomechanics person and what's a rock physics person and what's a completions design guy wow. has has actually faded quite uh, substantially yeah. now. The uh, you're saying the the peed and pedants are basically between the three have faded. They're kind of just merging in. Yes, we don't have the the differentiation. And that's why geomechanics has now become a very broad church, right? Yeah. Because because <laughs> at, because at, because at one point yeah. you know geomechanics was really rock mechanics. You right. knew about rock squashing. Uh, and uh, and and that was the realm of uh, the rock mechanics people. Yeah. Whereas now, whether it's rock mechanics, geomechanics, rock physics, really to me, this is these are all you know, it, it's all one big. The world is one big Venn diagram now. <laughs> yeah. And I think and I think where you have to work is in the overlap. Of, yes, sir. It doesn't matter. It yes, doesn't sir. matter what the overlap is, but Just you have pick to. One. But you have to work in yeah. an overlap. If yeah. you're a tech, you know that if you're a sort of a holdout sitting in in some space that doesn't overlap with anything else, yeah. then I think you're missing the boat somewhat. You're missing wow. the unconventional boat. For I think sure. that's. Wow. I think that right there, at a very high level, higher than we've been yes. able to articulate, articulate. <laughs> yeah, more or less, <laughs> explains the point of this podcast. 100%, right, being able dude. to integrate, especially now, you don't see someone who's just a black box geologist, right. petrophysicist, right. rock physicist. Like we don't have saying. time for it. We don't have time yep. for it. But being able to be interdisciplinary and just kind of do a little bit of everything, understand a little bit of everything. You might have your specialty, but having right. you know. Being able to just kind of see the issues that would arise with your completions engineer, whole with, yeah, yeah, with your rock physicist, and the predicting those problems before you even run a model, yeah. I think yeah. that's huge. Now we're okay, so we got a few minutes left to close this down. Let's let's take your experience because this is the Permian Basin experience, <laughs> and and let's go with the concepts that we just talked about and this integration problem. How are we training? people's philosophy because that's what it's coming down to it's our our individual philosophy of addressing a problem and understanding the data that you have to work with to answer the problem now some people's philosophy will take the data and try to answer that problem assuming they can actually answer the problem mm -hmm. so that's a major problem that's why we have managers and people with experience so how do you address the philosophy problem in our industry with young professionals, young engineers, young geologists, young geoscientists who did not come from academia who integrates? Academia probably separates worse than the industry. 
how, what, this is a major problem. And I, I would love your, your feedback and your experience and everything that you got going on. Your answer is just going to be fascinating to me. I don't know. I'm just throwing okay. it out there. Okay. Well, I think the first thing I would say is that I don't see it as a massive problem. Oh, wow. I see it as a massive opportunity. Hey. hey. Okay. Glass you are a half glass full type man. <laughs> because I think one, one of the biggest challenges we, fa we face yeah. is... Um, because we haven't really touched on artificial intelligence right. and mm -hmm. machine learning. Yep. And of course, there's always this joke, you know, that if you're over 35, you use Excel. And if you're <laughs> under 35, you use Spotfire. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think it's the same ki ki kind of parallels, you know. It's so awesome. I started off as a, as a modeling guy. Yeah. And I still like running models that, and, coming, have, up have to. and coming yeah. up with deterministic solutions. Absolutely. But absolutely now what what you're seeing is there there is, there is a shift where you would say that um, you know that that, uh, that you're using science and models to inform a far smarter um, artificial intelligence neural network yeah. kind of solution and who who's actually sort of you know so who's the monkey and who's the organ grinder is yeah. perhaps going to change now wow. as the future evolves and wow. so what i think you'll That's find awesome. is that you'll have modeling underpinning ai artificial intelligence neural network solutions and i think that's going to be the future of the industry within the least the next i would say five to ten years yeah I, you know yep. you know but in terms of like you know sort of you know sort of younger people joining the industry you know they can program in c plus right, plus they know right, they understand right. python they yeah. understand r yeah you know you know the the tools that they have at their at their fingertips so I, I may not be able to code as well as i used to but certainly you know i think the role of people like myself and other people who have had a lot of experience is actually trying to feed back you know well, you our, understand the biases our, that our, need to be put into the machine yeah right absolutely well, does. so i think our, our sort of role is to basically enable you know the sort of younger generation of 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 engineers to sort of you know capitalize on on the skill set their specific skill set, which is slightly different from the skill set that I came in with, right. and so wow. that's where I—that's that's where awesome, I can dude. see a, in the short term, a big churn in um, the industry wow. um, 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 happening. But I would still fall back to the to my viewpoint that when times get tough, you know, you, we absolutely know that sort of you know the world of physics. Has to uh, you know has to be obeyed. So yeah. you need guys yeah. who understand you know sort of you know mechanics very well. Right. And even though perhaps their solutions will take longer to evolve compared to say an artificial neural network, but absolutely you know the the artificial neural network can always throw up spurious correlations. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's the the role of the sort of mechan you know you know the, the the mechanical related or the mechanics related people basically mm. to ground truth or to test some of the you know the quicker solutions that'll come out of AI kind of uh, correlations. Wow. I mean we, I, we can't end this show in that show any better way. Skippo, you got anything? I mean I think with this is the close. I, I think that's it. That I, was that was. If you would do a show, future show with us where we can actually sit down for more than an hour, I mean, if we could do that with you, that would be absolutely fascinating. I, it, 
I pray that Apache is allowing interns to work under some people like you and all their interns to work under somebody like you. Oh, absolutely. We have a very big program with people looking at machine learning, um, you know, awesome. uh, awesome. uh, data analytics. Yeah. And, and in fact, many of our rota young rotational air engineers will have a project where they will be you know, you know, developing some of these these sort of neural yeah. networks, spot fire kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, um, um, sort of experiences. Wow, that was awesome. That was amazing. Sir, Doctor, thank you so much. Dr. Wilson. Well, well thanks, guys. I can say doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Doctor uh, Professor? Yes, you can, yeah. <laughs> doctor, thank you so much. Okay, well, thank thanks, you. guys. Okay. Are we out? Bye. <laughs>